0: This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 736, Using What You've Got. Keep talking to get unstuck with Peter Boone. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life we believe in connection not perfection when it comes to learning english now here are your hosts lindsay mcmahon the english adventurer and michelle kaplan the new york radio girl coming to you from boston and new york city usa do you get stuck in the middle of a sentence searching for a word Today, we have our guest, Peter, on the show to show you three things that you can start doing immediately to never face that silence again in the middle of an English conversation. Today, we have a guest on the show. Our guest today has taught mainly in China for over 10 years. He wants to get you speaking today so that you can move towards your desired level of confidence. Now, let's meet our guest, Peter Boone. Hey, Peter, welcome to All Ears English. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Lindsay. Thanks for having me.
0: Good. Thanks for coming on the show. Where are you based, Peter? Where are you from?
1: I'm based in the southwest of England, Lindsay.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And so how long have you been a teacher, an English teacher?
1: I've been an English teacher for 13 years, uh, 10 years in China and three years in England, one of which online.
0: So it sounds like you may be coming across a common problem that I bet a lot of our listeners are also struggling with, and that is kind of getting stuck mm. and not being able to continue a conversation, maybe because, because you're lacking vocabulary or you're having a mind blank. Have you noticed that?
1: I've noticed it a lot. Um, okay. It's very easy to worry about getting the perfect word or expressing yourself in the exact concise way you want and losing the ability to keep a conversation going with that fear and that worry about being perfect.
0: Yeah. So you've seen this all over the world, I guess. But you said you were teaching in China. Is that right?
1: I have especially noticed it in China. But since I went online and worked with students all over the world, I think it's common wherever you come from. It's not a cultural thing. It's a fear we all have of making a mistake.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's why on this show, we always say that our our method, our slogan is connection, not perfection, right? So, but I'm hoping that today, Peter, you can shed a little bit of light on this and give us a few more strategies on how to deal with this. First of all, where do you see this happening the most for your students? Does this happen during lessons with you? Does it happen in the business space with friends? Where does it happen?
1: It happens in lessons. I've seen students who have a much lower or smaller vocabulary than their peers, be able to express themselves much better just by Mm -hmm. kind of being a scientist and experimenting with different ways of saying things without worrying about making a mistake and be able to express themselves much better. And their peers are then very disappointed. You've been learning much shorter time than me, but you can say much more. Uh, And they tell me about experiences they have in their business world uh, or even with friends who are English speakers and not being able to speak or not being able to express themselves as they wish. Uh, I, I think it happens everywhere to people.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. I'm so curious as to what the difference is between the student who can be flexible there and kind of make something out of nothing. They don't have the words, but they find a way to get the message across versus the student that just freezes, right? So that's why we have you on the show today, Peter. So I would, I know our listeners would love to hear a couple of concrete tips, maybe three concrete tips of what they can do to not get stuck. Like when they get stuck, when they don't have the word, what should they do? What would be your first tip for us today, Peter?
1: Well, uh, just before I go into the tips, I'd love to share Mm -hmm. one overall thing that one student said to me once, which really hit home to me, a Chinese lady. She said, enjoy to lose your face. Uh, using the English that she had to her peers in order to get them speaking. Um, And I thought this was a great message to bear in mind. But then how to do that, how to go about losing your face when speaking and not mind about the mistakes when you can't even find the words to do it. One tactic I think that's very effective is just to use some very basic phrases that could almost explain anything. So if you don't know the word for a certain kind of person, you'd say someone who does that thing. Let's say, for example, Mm. you didn't know the vocabulary uh, for a certain kind of person. For example, Lindsay, um, I want to tell you about somebody who helps people in trouble, who helps Mm. people when their money is taken. Do you know Mm. what kind of person that is?
0: Mm. Yeah, sounds like maybe a police officer or something like that.
1: Exactly. So I couldn't Mm -hmm. remember that word police, but I used the other words at my disposal to get there. Uh, Maybe somewhere where I can buy food Uh, somewhere that's very convenient. It's on the street in every town. Do you know that kind of place? Mm, Kind of like a grocery store? Fantastic. I'd just forgotten that (laughs) word, but that's where I meant. So someone who, someone where, something which, or the thing that you use to write down with. You know what I mean? You write, yeah, yeah, what's that again?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Like a pen,
1: maybe? Fantastic. Or the place (laughs) where, or the person you see for a certain thing. These kinds of phrases are very helpful uh, when you can't locate a word.
0: Okay. So, your tip here is learning these phrases instead of, or as a priority over going off and learning all these kind of remote vocabulary words that we may not be able to pull up
1: anyways. Exactly. They can all come later. But in the meantime, you've still got the tools to say that thing.
0: Mm, It seems so kind of. Intuitive, But sometimes when we're in that moment, we don't do it right. We 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 get again, we get stuck and we search for the word and then that moment is passed. Right. The person moves on. The conversation moves on and then we curl up and we feel even more outside of connection. That's it. Okay. I think this is a really, really good idea. So one more time, could you say those phrases? Because I'd like to uh, mm. have our listeners, I'd like to suggest that you guys take out a pen and, pe- and paper and write these down, write these phrases down. And we'll also put these in the blog post. So what are those phrases one more time?
1: Yep. Someone who, mm-hmm. somewhere where, and mm-hmm. something which, Okay. or good. the thing you, for example, the thing you write down with. The place you, for example, the place where you go to have a beer after work, the person you, for example, the person you call if your car has a problem.
0: I love it. I love it. And the other thing that I like about this is that you, by just saying these phrases and starting to describe the thing, you build momentum, mm. you build confidence, but because you're speaking, you're hearing yourself speak somewhat fluently or at least fluidly, right? And you're starting to build that momentum and confidence. And then maybe the word does come to you and you That's snap your right. fingers and you say, oh, it's, I mean, a policeman, right? That's right. So, guys, and this the is person great. you're
1: yeah. talking to is working with you as well. If you're just yeah. looking for a random vocabulary and sort of starting the word and not finishing. It, they don't know what you're thinking, where you're at. But with something like this, they've got something to latch on and work with you.
0: I love that. So, this kind of breaks the silence, starts to build the flow of words going out of your mouth, and brings it to a brainstorming session with you and the other person, essentially.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Love
0: it. Love it. Peter, okay, this is a fantastic tip. I love that you articulated it that way. I think a lot of people do do this, but they don't realize that they do it. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of listeners can add this to their repertoire. So, what would be the second tip?
1: The second tip would be similes. So, you don't know the exact word you want, but you know something like it. So, mm-hmm. for example, maybe you go to the grocery store because uh, you're visiting England, America. Um, you don't want butter. You want something that's a bit like butter. So, you ask them, have you got the thing with the same taste as butter, but more healthy? Okay. You know okay. the thing I
0: mean, Lindsay? Mm, The same taste, kind of like a margarine.
1: There it is, margarine. But I didn't know margarine. It's an obscure word. We don't learn it in the textbooks, but I know what it is in my head. I know butter. So the same taste, but more healthy.
0: Very nice. Okay. So is this about a phrase that we're trying to learn again, or is it just about similes?
1: It's similes, and there's some good simile phrases we can use the same size, the same shape, the same feel, Mm. the same taste. For example, maybe I want to buy a gift when I'm visiting London on my holiday, Uh, so I ask for something made of the same soft feel, like wool, but lighter. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Not really, actually, for that one. It's the same
1: same feel, it's the same kind of softness as wool, Mm -hmm. but much Mm. lighter than wool.
0: Mm, you got me on that one.
1: <laughs> oh, it's Cotton, the kind maybe. of thing that, uh, that comes from little worms in a tree. Uh, oh, silk. That's the one. That's the one. Oh, so if you, if your plan A doesn't work, don't worry. Hmm? Go for a plan B, a plan C, yeah. a plan D, and just keep going. As long as you're not embarrassed, everyone wants to help you to yeah. express the thing you want.
0: I love that. I mean, you're much more likely to get to the word rather than when you're just standing there in silence, just racing through your mind. Right. Mm, I mean, at least you've got the other person helping you out there. I love this. I love this. Okay. So using kind of a simile would be the second approach. And is there a third thing that we can do, Peter? absolutely
1: is, yes. We can use our body language and our facial expressions. Now, this might not work in every cultural context because obviously there's differences in body language. But in English, it's okay to have a go uh, and people are going to respond to it. Um, So if you... Explaining with your body at the same time as you're saying something, Mm -hmm. then they've got a much better chance of catching it. I use this in China quite a lot. Uh, I'd find old people at the park usually had a bit of time and would be willing to have conversations with me. And when Mm -hmm. we'd get stuck, I'd act out what I was saying uh okay. and they really responded to it well and then i encouraged my students in the classroom to do the same thing and they found out they were able to talk about very obscure things that they thought they couldn't for example a screwdriver uh mm. by doing the motion while saying the kind of thing <laughs> that it did um I love and i that. find it very useful
0: Oh, I like this. And the other benefit of this is also along the same lines of building our momentum, building our confidence. I think when we stand up, we get out of our head. I think part of the problem is that we get so conceptually, get so stuck in our head when it comes to language, but language is meant to be a connection, right? Aspect of life and a physical movement. We're describing things and we, we reduce our stress and we start to move. We start to feel better about speaking. And then maybe again, that word happens to come to us. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Well, this is fantastic, Peter. I'm excited about this because very important tips for our listeners. I know you guys are probably struggling with these situations every day. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and implement one or two of these tips and see what happens. See if that moment changes and transforms into kind of more of a collaborative experience with you and the other speaker. I love that. Very cool. So, Peter, what kind of lessons do you teach? I saw you on iTalkie and your profile caught my eye. have some great reviews. And it sounds like your teaching might resonate with a lot of our listeners. What kinds of lessons do you offer over there?
1: I do offer test preparations of all kinds, but I really focus on conversational fluency. So if you're in this kind of situation, if you use English at work or you're studying abroad and you're having a difficulty connecting or expressing yourself, I'd urge you to book a trial class with me and we can start putting some of these tactics into place and just get you speaking.
0: Oh, I love it. I love that. So, guys, it's great that you've heard this podcast today, but this is just the starting point. Really, what you need to do is practice using these tactics, right? These three tactics. We need to learn these phrases, someone who, uh, somewhere where, that kind of thing, and get used to using them so that it is a tool you can pull out of your back pocket. Isn't that right, Peter? That's it. Okay. I love it. And then, Peter, how can our listeners find your profile?
1: Yeah, once they've registered, they can go to www.italki.com backslash teacher backslash 2591540.
0: Okay, good. Do you offer trial classes then? You mentioned a trial class.
1: I absolutely do.
0: Okay. Okay. Very cool, guys. So, I recommend that. This is this is very applicable to the kind of English that we want to build, the skills that we want to build here at Allers English. So, Peter, I want to say thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you very much, Lindsay. And thank you to all your listeners. Awesome. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Bye. Bye now.